Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody, welcome to episode 58 of the Camping Crew Podcast. I'm Aaron Burchell. And I'm Chris Byrne. As always, it's meant to be a fun podcast. We are just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views. And we look into things that you guys have asked us to look into. We always start off with a bit of news and I think this is good news we have, Chris. Yep. Con Quill from Camping Ireland and the Blarney Caravan and Camping Park uh, tweeted there um, a few days back to say that the roadmap to the reopening of the Caravan Park commences on phase four, which is the 20th of July. Um, He said the opening of hotels, hostels, caravan parks, holiday parks for social and tourist activities uh, will kick off initially on a limited occupancy basis. So that's great news, Aaron. At least we've got a, a date to work to now. Yeah, I think if everything goes according to plan, it's, it's a five-step, five-phase plan. But if everything goes according to plan and there's no fallbacks the 20th of July, more than likely this limited occupancy will be if they have 20 or 30 hard stands, they would possibly only fill 50% by going every second hard stand. And it's also not looking good for people in tents because some campsites may not open their kitchens and their bathrooms because most motorhomes and caravans and some camper vans have the facilities on board the toilet and the shower but there will be rules and regulations he also said if they do open the amenities it will be on a rotation so you're going to have to look at the door and possibly have a time but look anything to get back out into the vans the caravans the motorhomes or the tents for that matter at least we now have the 20th of july which is still what, 11 weeks from this week, but it's still something to look forward to. Yeah, it's a date we were worried we weren't going to get out at all. So, look, I, I'm going to take what I get uh, at this stage just to, to get back out. And I think, you know, if things kind of spread out among all the different campsites, there should be uh, plenty of room for us all anyway. I think so. And I think people are going to be hanging on to their two weeks holidays now that there is a date and a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And I think it was only last week I would I had said to you, I'd be happy if they tell us August or even September. But now July, it's absolutely something great to look forward to. And actually, if you remember back in March, we spoke to Michael um, about the new airs at the Kilmac Thomas Workhouse on the Waterford Greenway, which they were hoping to open in May. But again, because of the COVID virus, I was chatting to Michael and he says, if all goes according to the government five step plan, we will open for the first time in July on July 20th for the first time with social distancing in operation between pitches. So again, it'll be every day. They don't have hard stands. It's basically an airs, a field with wastewater and fresh water. But he said that they'll make it that it's every second space will be a motorhome and again there's no facilities so they don't have to worry about that but still it's good news and actually speaking of Waterford again back in March we spoke to Hillary and I told you about a new motorhome and glamping park that was going to open on the Waterford side of Dungarvan I was speaking to her again today and she did say because of COVID-19 her um, plans were scuffed but she does hope to open in July 2020, even if it is with limited capacity. So that's two new venues in County Waterford that we're looking forward to having come on phase in July. Yeah, that's great to, to hear about both of those. Like we were chatting about those in previous podcasts as well and watching as they go. So look, it 
it's great yeah we'll have plenty of new sites to visit and for yourself in the videos as well it'll be fantastic to be able to bring up two sites and not have to travel a million miles for them either no we could nearly see our own house possibly from from both sites but best of luck to michael and best of luck to hillary and i did tell them that i'll be in touch again possibly around the end of june to see how things are going and again of course this is all as long as we keep our distance, stay in and just keep to the rules and hopefully phase one, two, three, four and five and July, August, September. I yeah. don't think things this year are going to get back to normal, but at least we'll be back to some kind of normality. Some sort of normality, yeah. And you know what, sure, they might even get yourself and Charlie to go down and cut the ribbon on both sides. Oh, gosh, wouldn't that be a great thing? <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course... The big event that we were looking forward to, and a few people have asked us yes, on tweets yeah. and emails, Fantastical was due to go ahead on the June bank holiday weekend this year. But again, the big COVID-19, it was postponed, but at least it wasn't cancelled. It was moved to the weekend of September 18th. But is it still going ahead? Well, I spoke to Louise, one of the directors from Fantastical over the weekend, and I started off by asking her this. When the decision was made to postpone Fantastival, right, back in, in March, how close to opening were ye? Like, was everything more or less ready to go for the June Bank Holiday weekend? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, we had almost all, like 90% at least of our lineup sorted. We had all our traders booked in, um, crew on board, everything, you know, so. Just just crossing the T's and dotting the I's. Yeah, yeah. I, like, we were, we were fully fully ready for uh, this year's festival um but having said that we had been watching the the evolution i suppose of the virus abroad before it even hit ireland um for quite a while so so you knew something that yeah could possibly something afoot and on that well if if it does go ahead in september and we'll get to that in a second Seeing that you had to postpone it, did you lose much of the lineup or is everybody, you know, because other bands and stalls may have had other commitments for September? Um, Very, very few. I think there were just two acts that were unable to commit to September. So um, luckily enough, um, I suppose it was far enough away of a date that almost all of the acts um, were, were happy to, to just switch to the September date. And there was no problem with most of the no. vendors as well. They would have been available. Yeah, I think th I think there was just one that uh, wasn't able to make it in September, but uh, everybody else was good to go. What about the venue itself? I mean, have you no problem getting access to it from the June weekend to this weekend in September? Well, I mean, Cara, who owns um, Bewley House and Gardens, we have a really good relationship with her anyway. And obviously before we announced any postponement, she was the first person that we called Mm -hmm. And um, we had to work out a date that would suit her and us. Um, we wanted it obviously to be far enough in the future that we'd have the best chance of going ahead without yeah. it being in the middle of, the, of winter, obviously. Yeah. Um, but she has a livery at um, Bewley, so we had to take the horses into consideration and when they'd be in those fields and that. So Yeah, because it, um, is, it is a working venue. It is, yeah, yeah. So um, she was happy to go with the September date as long as we could guarantee her that we'd be out of fully, fully gone from there by the end of September when she needed the fields for the horses. 
Okay, so let's speaking of that date, you postponed it from the June bank holiday weekend to the 18th to the 20th of September of 2020. How are we fixed now? There have been some relaxations this week mentioned, like, for example, camping may resume with limited access to sites from July 20th. So at the moment, at this date, how are you fixed with that September date? Your guess is as good as mine, really, Aaron. Oh, no, I was hoping you were going to say, Aaron, we have confirmation. No. Because you know the way there are still restrictions of up to 500. And if, Look, if they, they released the roadmap yesterday. Yeah. Um, uh, Leo was on TV last night and then he was on the Late Late Show. And of course, we were watching very closely and we got the full document re- released by the government. Yeah. Um, but while they have said that um, phase five, due to begin on august 10th which that's that's assuming that uh, everything goes according to plan and the u phase five we it's it's phase five is the one that goes that tackles pubs and social gatherings mass gatherings etc um so they have said that they will be able to start happening from phase five in august but it also says uh uh, something about numbers dependent on numbers and social distancing measures so there's right. very little clarity yet about what okay. exactly they mean by that and it's all of course that phase one two three and four doesn't take a step back that everything is going according to their step their step yeah, up plan exactly. how many people attend van Tastival? um the last couple of years we've had it at capacity so where our licensing our lack of licensing allows for only 4999 people on site at any one time right so and you that, could come in at the if if they say a, a gathering of 5000 legally you can go ahead legally we can go ahead if it's under 5000 yeah. but that depends. I mean, if, if they're talking about introducing social distancing measures. Now, if you're a cinema or um, running an indoor event, it's much, much easier to enforce yes. distancing measures than if it's an outdoor event. Yeah. So really, the only way that you can enforce it is with the camping end of it, but you can't enforce the social area where they're going to the concerts and where they're exactly. eating and drinking. Yeah. Whereas camping, you can say, yeah, right, guys, follow the pegs. But then as soon as you come out of our vans into the arena, you can't control that. Look, I mean, we don't know. We're waiting for more clarity. Hopefully it'll come sooner rather than later. Um, As it is, we have been continuing to plan and organize for the September date. And we'll continue to do so until it becomes clear that we have no option but to cancel. We have to be realistic as well. Um, Have you another date option after September just in case to keep it in 2020? No, no, there wouldn't be another date in 2020 that we could do it. So and I suppose like, you know, um, even to postponing until 2021, we 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 just have no certainty about when things will be back to normal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we would if we if we cancel in September, we will be, you know, aiming for a 2021 festival. But we may well aim for a later festival rather than the usual June bank holiday weekend. Right. Okay, to um, really cover uh, all eventualities. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the uncertainty is the worst part about it because yeah. it's, it's so hard to plan for anything, really. You know, we have lives outside of the festival as well. As well, so, yes, yes, um, which is which is hard enough as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, so, Louise, look, we'll, we'll touch base with you again, possibly the end of July. If we do get camping again in July, 
that will be kind of some kind of indication and hopefully then we give you a buzz again in July and hopefully yeah. you will know more by then whether well, it is a honest, yay. Aaron, I'd say um I'd say that we'll we'll need to be making a, a decision one way or the other before that. I would yeah. say the end of June at the very latest. That we right. Well, then you look, drop us an email and then we'll get in touch with you and we'll do one more final interview. But hopefully it'll be good news. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. I wouldn't say that I'm very confident no, by any stretch of imagination. But, uh, it's it's just know. every year when we get the tickets on the December, January first come sale that you do. Yeah. I plan my camping year for the Van Tassel. And even when it was moved from June to September, I said, well, look, at least it's moved. It's not cancelled. Yeah. Oh, my year is messed up as it is, but that will be the nail in the coffin. Yeah, if yeah. our next conversation is, well, Aaron, see you in 2021. Yeah. It's, it's one gig I look forward to every single year since we've been gone. Oh, well, that's that's nice to hear. We would like whatever happens, we will be back. But yeah, um, right. you know. Well, Louise, thank you for your time. Stay safe. Regards to the rest of the crew. And as I say, drop us an email when you do make a final decision. Are you ready for us to do a, another interview? Sure. And we'll chat to you again, hopefully around June or July of this year. Will do. Thanks. And say hi. <laughs> Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. So, Arn, um, still kind of a little bit up in the air there, isn't it, as to whether we'll get to Van Tassel, but sure, look, we'll keep our fingers crossed that by that stage there'll be, a, a, I suppose, a lot more easing of restrictions. Yeah, I suppose, like she said, they're only licensed for five, for 4,999. So if the, the problem, again, as she said, is going to be they can have no problem with the social distancing regarding the, the pitching of the tents and regarding the parking of the camper vans, but it's just when you get into the arena, how are you going to keep four and a half five thousand people separated but let's just wait and see and as you say maybe by september that really things will be relaxed and the numbers will be down and we'll be able to go to Tassel this year if not we're going to have to wait till 2021 yeah it'd be great to do something like uh if you have the facilities like a kind of um an amphitheater site where you can really kind of sit at your own camper van and watch a concert you know if you could lay it out some way as well but i i know that wouldn't be possible uh, up there but just a a thought you know yeah something like a drive-in movie yeah but yeah, exactly. but again you see you've seen the number of tents at van Tassel over the yeah. years have grown that would possibly work if it was just a van festival like it used to be but now that the amount of people that are coming in tents as well and i think campers and tents are going to suffer a lot longer than we are in vans and motorhomes and caravans i'm not sure like i just you know i think the pitches are generally big enough on most campsites you know yes but if they close facilities in some campsites because motorhomes camper vans and caravans generally have kitchens showers and toilets some campsites said that they may have to do that especially the smaller campsites if they can't put together a schedule to visit the bathroom and use the campers kitchen all tents need the bathrooms and campers kitchens i I think they're going to suffer a little bit more it would be a a struggle financially i would imagine a lot of the campsites you know would make quite a bit from the the tents as well as the, the the touring vans you know Oh, even when we're open, the fact that they have to open with limited uh, space, it, it's still going to be. And that's why we were saying on, on previous podcasts, please try, even if you are normally a wild camper, please try and support the campsites. They've been there for us through thick and thin. And now it's our turn to pay a little bit back to them when things do open up again. And please, God, it will be July, the week of July 20th. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you can support uh, the campsites uh, as much as possible this year and into next year, just to help them um, just to stay in business, just for our own, the good and the good of the camping community uh, at large, you know. So we'll move us uh, swiftly on to the uh, follow-ups and shout-outs. Um, Jen put a, a tweet there. Do you want to have a read of this tweet? I think it's directed at you. Yeah, Jen on Twitter at The Camping Crew said, Hi crew, I'm getting caught up on the podcasts this week. And this evening I tried your bean burger from episode 53-54. I'm not sure if I got it right. It tasted a bit doughy. Could I have too much flour? It was quite thick, spoonable mix. Should I have fully mashed the beans? Now she did attach a photograph and I took a look at the photograph. Yeah, I think you did use too much flour. You did make it too thick. So do you know what I'm going to do, Chris? I'm going to actually do a video, but we won't do it as one of our Friday videos. We'll throw it up over the next couple of weeks on a Wednesday on Charlie and me, our camping vlog of the elusive bean burger. But I did get back to Jen and I said, yes, you did make it a little bit flowery. It's to be a little bit of a soggy mix and don't make them as thick. So we'll see how she gets on. Now, she did say that she was going to add a bit of spice to yeah, it yeah. to spice it up. And that's OK. Add whatever you want to add to it but i think possibly this day week we'll throw a video up on charlie and me myself and charlie will head out to the camper and we'll make the bean burgers and get the video up there gotta go turn it into a from a camping vlog into a cooking vlog and if you well you know you know my my complete (laughs) cooking skills will be the toast which we've done already the sandwich with the ridge monkey and the bean burgers and maybe pouring a bit of warm milk onto a cereal so that will be a very short episode of cooking with charlie and me but i think we will do it during the week we'll do the bean burger one and hopefully this time next week on the podcast i'll be saying check out charlie and me the bean burger one is there and jen thanks for getting in touch yeah, thank you, Jen. We had a, a message from Peter Cody on Twitter as well. He says, uh, at the camping crew, he said, what's your take on using discount cars when campsites open up again? Um, people will want to support the campsites, but they may also need to save where they can. So I, I, I was chatting kind of briefly with Peter. I asked him, did he mean like the the discount cards from the campsites themselves or the industry ones and he was referring to the industry ones um so i suppose look like the the campsites a lot of people will be struggling once the um once they're back kind of economy's back working uh, a full swing again you know um hopefully there won't be a, a recession and if there is it won't be too long but um i guess peter's right we'll all want to save money where we can so look if there are campsites using discount cards and they're offering them um absolutely I, you know, I don't see why, you know, why people wouldn't want to use them. But, you know, generally what we do if we're only going away for a, a, a night or two, you know, we, we just pay the normal price. Usually if you go away for a week, uh, most campsites would give you like the sixth or the seventh night yeah. free, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And the other cards, the ASI cards are usually for off season camping anyway. And the one that you can use right across Europe. But um, look, just get out, get camping, support the campsites and give them the few bob where it is. Um, it's not it's it's not an expensive. OK, for some people, yes, it adds up for the likes of you guys. See, I've, I've got to remember, it's just myself and Deirdre and it's seldom we pay for Charlie. But I suppose when it's two adults, two children. But if they do offer 
the seventh night free and are staying for the seven nights, of course, are going to avail of it because they're going to keep you for six nights rather than three. But I yeah, think yeah. the other ones are usually for off season to get you to go into places off season. And it's usually what a 10 percent reduction. That's it. I know uh, Dick down in Ardmore last year, he brought in a loyalty card scheme. So that could be a good idea for some of the campsites as well. You know, every time you stay over, um, you get a, a little stamp in the book. And I think if you've got six nights there, I think it was six nights, you get the, the seventh night for free as well. So that's yeah. a, an idea for the campsites to maybe try themselves as well. Well, of course, it might generate a bit of extra business for them. So again, let's watch this space. But uh, Peter, thanks for your question and keep them coming. I spotted on the uh, on the Guardian today um, an article that they had released on Monday about fraudsters using COVID-19 lockdown to scam motorhome buyers. I'll read you a, a, a part of that, just outlining what this particular uh, scam is about. Mm-hmm. Um, they mentioned fraudsters use fake listings copied from legitimate adverts to attract buyers um, and then tell them that they will deliver the vehicle if they put the money into a holding account. Although they say the cash will not be released from this holding account until the buyer has seen the vehicle and agreed to finalise the purchase. However, what's happening is the money is then taken straight away and the customer is left with nothing. So that's one of the scams. and I'm sure there's kind of others out there. So I suppose it's just a, a warning for the listeners or anyone thinking of buying a motorhome, you know, while the COVID-19 restrictions are in place just to be very careful don't hand over a, a penny cash until you've at least seen the vehicle and um, obviously check out who the seller is make sure it's a, a reputable seller and even if it's from one of the reputable buy and sell type vehicle sites just be very very careful don't even put down a deposit if it's meant for you it'll be there in six or eight weeks when all of this restrictions have been eased and you can go and actually view things. So just be careful. It's, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? But yet I'm sure they've already made a few, Bob. Yeah, you can imagine the excitement of somebody looking to pick up a, a, a camper and they can be kind of pressured or rushed into into handing over the money and you mightn't be thinking as straight as you would normally, you know. So just as a more kind of uh, uh, be very wary and aware when you're purchasing Let's move on to products. And I know at a later date you're going to talk about a similar item, but this we're going to talk about reversing cameras. Yes, I saw this um, on the uh, Dometic website. Um, and it looked really, really good. Um, it's what they call it is a bike rack camera. The product itself is called the Dometic Perfect View Cam 200. So, what they say about this particular camera, uh, it helps you to drive more safely with a clear rear view, even when traveling with your bikes racked up on the back of your motorhome. Our patented bike rack camera helps to keep you, other road users, and your bikes safe. Clear rear view, even with the bikes attached, fixing without drilling, simply tighten the screws to secure your bike rack in place. Two camera modules, separately adjustable to the best possible viewing angle. Patented solution, unique in the market. It has a detachable system um, cable facilitates the removal of the bike rack. Automatic switching between the two cameras. And it says it's dust and waterproof according to IP69K. So if you go to Dometic.com, and look that up. It looked like uh, any utility. I think I've seen it on a couple of vans. I haven't seen it in use, but just uh, judging by the specs, it looks pretty good. You mentioned as well, Aaron, about the other camera I recently fitted. I suppose what's easily described as a cheap and cheerful camera mm-hmm. to my own motorhome. I purchased that from Amazon. It was £32. So I'm going to use it for a few weeks and get a better uh, feeling for it before I, I do a review of that. Kind of the opposite end of the scale, I suppose, a, a, a cheaper 
alternative if, if you're some way handy and want to, to fit it yourself this will be a, a a cheaper option but certainly if you're looking for um a top brand product you know that um that camera from Dometic looks really good i think it's it's probably about somewhere between two or three hundred euros depending on where you pick that up as well wow but still you know what every motorhome that we've had they just happen to have cameras on them i think i've only ever had to fit one and they are godsend they really are some of them come on when you go into reverse some of them you can leave on permanently i actually like having mine on permanently while we're driving because it gives a bit of a side view so if you have got a few bob together and as you say you'll review the one that you purchased uh, over the next couple of weeks when you do get back out on the road Okay, let's move on to Camping Life, Chris. And we have said this time and time again, both on the podcast, I've said it on video, I've even said it personally to people. If you're thinking of buying a motorhome, we always suggest, first of all, rent one. You can rent vans, motorhomes, big ones, small ones. But before renting a motorhome or a camper van, there's some homework you need to do and you've come up with some pointers on this one. Yeah, I just thought I'd put a list together on, you know, I suppose a bit of research before you, you go just uh, and rent one. Um, the first pointer I have on it is to try and see what type of van that you actually need, like how many will be traveling with you, where will you be going, give you an idea of the different sizes of vans. Yeah, so as you have to think of the bedding layout and then of course, will you want a toilet and shower? If there's only two of you, you might only want the toilet. You might not need a shower room. But if you're camping with children, we would always advise try and get a motorhome that has at least the toilet. And if not, they usually have a wet room for showering as well. Yeah, I suppose if you have young kids, having the onboard toilet is really handy. It's something we would have been lost without now with our own um, camper van. But look, people can manage as well. You see people with little uh, pop-up toilet tents and stuff um, where they've got vans that, that don't have the, uh, the the onboard toilet. But, you know, I think it's more comfortable, certainly, if you do have kids. Another thing to, um, to look up and research is actually where will you be collecting and dropping off your camper van? I know some camper van rental people allow you to drop it off at different locations as well, and that might be convenient for you. Yes, and then, of course, you need to find out about what documents you're going to need, what supporting documents. First of all, make sure you get a van that suits your driver's license. So make sure that you do a bit of research into what documentation you are going to need to bring with you yeah yeah and if you're going to be uh bringing a pet with you definitely need to check that out because uh quite a lot of hires don't allow pets at all uh, in their van so it's it's uh, you could be very disappointed then to, to find that out later you know and before you go and pick up the van make sure you've had a chat with the people to see well what comes with the van for example will you need to bring your own bedding your cutlery and all the kitchen utensils or they could come in at an extra cost so make sure you've done your homework there as well yeah, a lot of the, the the rental people offer kind of upgrade packs or top up packs with all the, the the cooking and barbecue and bedding and cutlery and all of that. You know, uh, another thing to to look out for is you know what insurance will you get? Um, are you mentioned earlier, Aaron, about the, the special driving license? I think most vans that you hire fall under the three and a half thousand, mm-hmm. so you can drive it on a normal license, but still worth checking. You know, and um, what's going to be included. And excluded, more importantly, on the cover as well. What will you be liable for if something unfortunate happens? And then, of course, accessories. For example, maybe you want to bring, you're going on a biking holiday and you want to bring your bike. So make sure that the vans have bike racks, because I do know that all motorhome people that rent out vans, not all the motorhomes do have 
bike racks. So again, if you're thinking of bringing your bikes and the kids' bikes, it's something to let the motorhome renters know about. The second last point I have is plan your route based on the size of the camper that you're getting. Just remember, the bigger the van, the harder it is to park and to drive. So if you want something easy for nipping in around kind of cities and things like that, you know, smaller van is recommended. If you're going to be kind of going to campsites and I suppose less densely populated areas, you know, a bigger van van might be uh, easier for you you know give you more room and then remember the cost it's not just the cost of renting the van and there will be a substantial deposit as well required on your card but factor in the full cost of your holiday the renting the campsites try and judge what fuel you're going to need you're going to have to do some food shopping and then if there is extra insurance needed that you want to take out repatriation insurance or something like that just bear in mind all of the extras don't just think oh great it's only four or five hundred euro for the weekend that's it there are extra costs that are going to add up when you are thinking of renting but we do always suggest before you buy if you can't beg steal or borrow you should really think about renting a van or a motorhome yeah it's highly advised you know and hopefully somebody will get some good use out of those tips and if any of the listeners have any extra tips to add on to that by all means email us our messages um, and we'll um, give them a shout out on, on the next uh, podcast or so I'd also like to know if you can get in touch with us as well if you did that if you rented one and then got the bug and I do know of a couple actually in my estate that rented one in Australia and they couldn't wait to come home after a year and they bought a motorhome and in fact I was only chatting to them a couple of weeks back and they're thinking of selling up and going full time to Europe uh, for wow. a couple of years they're actually thinking of renting their house and going full time to Europe in their motorhome so we'd love to know if you did rent one and you got the bug are you still in the game? If you did rent one and you think it was the worst thing ever, well, then you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, would you? <laughs> but maybe, maybe you still are. So let us know. We'll give you all the contact details in a couple of minutes. Yeah, that's it. And if you're looking for a sticker or um, a sticker for your motorhome, should I say, or caravan or your car or even the window of your house, or your tent, let us know and we'll let... Uh, we'll pop it into post to you free of charge. Yeah, and can we just say thank you to our friends at Motorhome Crack because we got a new batch of Camping Crew stickers. They arrived in the post promptly during the week, so we're ready to get them out again. And again, all you have to do is email us your name, your address, which are postal code, and they're absolutely free. We'll stick in the Charlie and Me sticker and one of the Camping Crew stickers, and contact details are coming up in just a second. And can I remind you as well about campsitereview.com? If you want to read some or leave some reviews, just go onto that website and you can leave for free a review of a product or a campsite or even ask some technical questions and we have people who can answer them. I think that just about wraps up number 58 for today, Chris. Think so, Aaron. Yeah, and your mention about the campsite review is probably quite timely as well. With lots of people probably planning where they're going to go when things open up. You know, your reviews are uh, are, are really essential if you want to put something up on, on the campsite review there as well. Um, give people a chance to do a bit of search and where they'd like to go. And obviously, your Charlie and me videos are incredibly helpful for that purpose as well. Okay, let's just wrap it up by saying stay safe out there. Let's look at the 20th of July, the week of, that we can all get back out in our vans and our motorhomes and our tents and our caravans. So stay safe, keep to the rules of the social distancing, and hopefully we'll bump into you from a distance on a campsite very, very soon. From me, Aaron Birchill, talk to you again on the next episode. And from me, Chris Byrne. Bye-bye. To contact the Camping Crew Podcast email, campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us at the Camping Crew. 
On YouTube, it's youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me, our camping vlog. You'll get us on motorhomecrack.com forum, boards.ie forum, and we're on a lot of Facebook pages related to motorhomes and camping. Well, that's it for another podcast from the camping crew. Thanks for listening and do join us again very soon. Safe camping.